Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Municipal Securities Rulemaking Board's podcast. I'm your host, Leah Zarek, and today's episode is all about how to apply to serve on the Board of Directors. The framers of the MSRB were very, very cognizant of the need to have different prisms from our industry perspective represented on the board. They were even so prescriptive as to make sure that we have different types of regulated members. And I think that's important for problem solving. That was Gary Hall, who is partner at Siebert William Shank and former chair of the MSRB Board of Directors. The MSRB is currently accepting applications for a new class of board members, and our goal today is to demystify that process for anyone out there who may be interested in applying. Who better to speak about this process than current and former board members? So today, I am very pleased to be joined by Caroline Cruz and Seema Mohanty, both current MSRB board members, as well as Gary Hall, who is partner at Siebert William Shank and former chair of the MSRB board. So our conversation today will cover not just the mechanics of the board application and selection process, but also why it is so important for the MSRB to be governed by a board that is diverse, inclusive, and truly representative of the unique market that we regulate. So I'd like to start with Caroline, who is serving as the chair of the board's nominating committee, which leads the process of seeking new members for the board. Caroline, maybe you could tell us what's different about the board's approach to seeking new members this year. Good morning, Leah, and thank you for having us. So first of all, we're happy to return to the nominating process this year. Last year, much of the focus of the board was to review our governance practices. And in that context, we did not seek new members. But one of the changes that resulted from the review was to reduce the board size to 15 members from what had been 21. So This year, we're back to the nominating process, and we'll be seeking to fill that smaller board of 15 members. But you asked what's different about the approach. So to talk more specifically about the process itself, you know, it's one that we take very seriously. And the goal here, as you mentioned in your introduction, is to create a board which truly reflects our market. And to reach that goal, this year, we decided to make things a little bit different in our process. We wanted to make it as transparent and accessible as possible, and really to encourage as many potential candidates to apply. So to that end, we did a few things differently. So first, on the transparency note, we announced the details of the nomination process earlier than we had in the past. We also made the application available to view before we actually launched the application period, just to make the information available as soon as possible. Second, on accessibility, same theme. We opened the application period earlier than usual, so it's open now as of December 1st, and we extended the time frame just to give people more time. And then third, and importantly, on outreach. We're very focused on diversity in all its forms. So we've made a concerted effort to expand our outreach and broaden our applicant pool as much as possible. And that's certainly something we can talk more about later. Thank you, Caroline. Yes, absolutely. I think helpful, certainly from the perspective of an applicant to have had the opportunity to see the questions on the application form in advance and be able to start thinking through how to respond before the application window actually opened. That was a neat change that the committee launched this year. Can you tell us a little bit more about what positions are actually open for the next fiscal year? I know you mentioned our board is now 15 members, but how many seats are opening up for the next year? So we're seeking to select four new board members. 
And that's two regulated and two public members. And just to give you the details on the regulated side, one must be a non-dealer affiliated municipal advisor. And on the public side, we've expressed interest in state and local issuers. Sure. And so you mentioned that there's public members and there's regulated members of our board. And the MSRB's board is a majority public board. So the bulk of the 15 members must be public representatives. How is that structure determined? What dictates the structure and the composition of our board? That's right, Leah. The whole nomination process is actually quite complex and tightly governed. We actually don't have that much flexibility. You alluded to the composition. When we think about it, there are two main drivers. First, with regard to its composition, the MSRB really has to comply with specific requirements set both by congressional statutes and MSRB rules. So that dictates what you were referring to, the need to be a majority public. And there are also requirements to have a minimum of two MAs, one public investor, one bank and one broker dealer, and one issuer that are represented on the board. That's a requirement. But then second, when we think about the board holistically, we also need to incorporate considerations such as what skill sets best complement those of continuing board members. Again, here, our objective is to create the most effective overall board possible. So it's one that truly reflects the composition of the municipal market. And to that end, we'll consider, you know, factors like geographical location, experience, the size and type of an organization. And then we also think about what are the likely needs of the board in the coming years and what profile of applicants best suit those needs. So it's really a variety of factors that we take into consideration. Thank you. You mentioned that as the nominating committee was seeking these four seats, that certainly one area of interest is issuer representative. And another area that's a requirement is that non-dealer affiliated municipal advisor. If you're a listener out there and you don't fall into one of those categories that the board is especially looking for this year, should you still apply? Yes. So this year we have one slot that is mandated. So that has absolutely no flexibility for our governing rules. And that's the non-dealer affiliated MA. But of the remaining three While we have views as to what will make a board more complete, one needs to be regulated and the other two public, but there's more flexibility within those categories. And as we think about the application process, Leah, I think it might be useful to convey to our listeners that for many former board members, it took multiple applications to finally get selected. So again, if it's not a perfect fit for a given year, it's still possibly a good introduction to the organization for the following years. And it just might take a couple of tries. That's certainly been the case for many. That's a really good point. Um, In fact, I was enjoying listening to the MSRB CEO, Mark Kim, talk on a recent episode of the Bond Buyers Leaders podcast. And he shared about his experience as a board applicant, took a couple tries for him to join the board. And now today he's our CEO. So I think that's a great little anecdote for folks who may be feeling discouraged if they've applied in the past to certainly try again. Perfect example. And now, Caroline, maybe another thing that can be kind of discouraging for people who aren't sure about submitting an application is just not knowing what to expect from the process. So maybe you could walk us through the steps of the application process and what a prospective applicant might expect. 
Sure. The steps are pretty straightforward. Let me just walk you through. So I guess the first step was the MSRB publishes a press release detailing the available positions. So this year it was the announcement of four available positions. This year, as I mentioned, we made the questions within the application available earlier, but on December 1st, the actual application was made available on the MSRB website and it will remain open until February 5th. So those are the dates. All applicants must complete an online application during that time frame, December 1st to February 5th. Then the selected candidates are asked to complete an additional questionnaire. So for public members, it's mostly, you know, to confirm independence. And for regulated members to determine any potential conflicts. And at that point, candidates are also asked to consent to a background check. So when that's complete, the nominating committee will interview the selected candidates. And those interviews have historically been in person, but that could be different this year, still to come. And then finally, after the interviews, the committee selects a slate of candidates to nominate to the full board, and the board votes on that slate at its fourth quarter meeting of the fiscal year. So that's really the process. And once that's done, the MSRB does announce the new board members and it publishes the list of all applicants at that point. One thing, you know, as I think about it, that really sums up the process, but I would add one final comment, that if anyone is considering applying and has any questions, they really should feel free to reach out to both staff at the MSRB or board members. Sometimes it's just useful to hear from a current or past board member what the experience of serving was like. And All those individuals are listed on our website, but I would just encourage people to reach out if there's any question that could be helpful. Thank you, Caroline. Thanks for making yourself available for candidates who may be interested in learning more about what it's like to be a board member. Maybe you could share just a little bit about your experience so far on the board and what you might say to someone who is thinking about applying. It's been such a wonderful experience beyond what I even thought when applying. I think both we get to see so many facets of the market and its impact on current events. And honestly, it's a very collegial environment as well. Both meeting and working with colleagues from all facets of the industry has been a wonderful experience. Thank you, Caroline. I think it's fair to say that once you're a member of the board of the MSRB, we like to keep in touch. And that has allowed us to be joined today by our former board chair, Gary Hall. Gary, thank you so much for returning to chat with us. Happy to be here and always happy to stay active with the MSRB. Thank you. We'd really love to hear your perspective on why is it important for the MSRB to focus on improving the diversity of its board? You know, as Caroline mentioned, the framers of the MSRB were very, very cognizant of the need to have different prisms from our industry perspective represented on the board. You know, they were even so prescriptive as to make sure that we have different types of regulated members. And I think that's important for problem solving. Just as important is for us to have people from different geographies, people from different racial identities and also different genders. That all contributes to making sure that we have the best mix of prisms at the table for problem solving, to look at everyday situations that the board may be facing and making sure that we have a diversity of perspectives to digest the issues of the day. 
Absolutely. But what obstacles are standing in our way of achieving that truly representative board? You know, I just happened to find out about serving in the MSRB because I had a mentor who actually was on the board and I worked with someone else who was a former chair. And not many industry participants actually know about the board, that they think of the MSRB rule book as being this sort of static book they keep in their offices or have on their phone, but they're not really clear about the individuals that shape those rules. And so I think it's going to be really incumbent upon the board to continue to do extensive outreach like we're doing here with this podcast. And I know board members are very active in reaching out to prospective members, but to make sure folks understand the process by which you go about applying to the board, the benefits of serving on the board, and why it's just a neat experience overall. Now, maybe you could speak to that a little bit. What's neat about the experience? What would you share to a prospective applicant who is thinking about applying? You know, like most people who decide to spend their careers in public finance, ideas of contributing to financing enduring projects like schools and roads and hospitals, it's very appealing to them. Just as appealing is the notion of being able to contribute to the actual rules and policies that govern how we finance those to make an indelible impression in an industry that's so important to our country. And so as prospective board members are thinking about this, we're already attracted to public finance for some of the same reasons that I articulated. This just puts that contribution on steroids. I am so better as a banker after being at the table with so many different representative voices from different perspectives of our industry now than I was before, because I have a deeper appreciation as to what really is at the bowels of how we actually go about our day-to-day business of financing our infrastructure projects. Absolutely. I think that's something we hear a lot from board members as they near the end of their four-year term with us is that they've learned so much from the different perspectives represented at the table. When you think back on your time, part of your term was as a member, but your final year was serving as chair of the board. What was most fulfilling to you about that experience or what was an accomplishment that really sticks with you to this day? We started the process of really looking internally at a rule book and making sure that we got rid of rules that were outdated and making sure that we took a practical prism as to how we wanted to address rulemaking. I thought that was a very good exercise, that introspective analysis. We even looked at whether or not the board needed to be as large as it needed to be and had some really candid conversations about the size of the board, the representation of the board, the independence represented on the board. And I just thought that sort of candor really spoke volumes about the individual who comprised the board at the time and the passion they had, not only for their particular seats on the board and what their representative stands for, many regulated or non-regulated, but the overall market. And that selflessness was something that I walk away with a sense of reverence for and truly appreciate the deep dedication that the individual board members have to the overall market. Absolutely. And you've talked a little bit about the MSRB and its rulemaking function and in its governance and, and its focus on being really critical of its structure and thinking clearly about how to improve going forward from a regulatory and a governance perspective. Some people might forget that another big part of what we do is in the technology area and with our EMMA website and the transparency that the organization provides to the market. I know you've always been a big champion of the EMMA website and how we can continue to improve it. What might you kind of say to prospective board members who are really interested in sort of data and technology about the work ahead for the MSRB? 
as I look back on probably the most important accomplishment other than what I mentioned before is the MSRB migrating to the cloud. And that really was a conscious effort on the part of the board and staff to think about the municipal finance market, not for what it is today, but what it can be tomorrow. So those prospective board members who are really technologically sort of focused can think about, again, making a lasting impression on our marketplace that will serve well beyond their tenure on the board, but really start to think about the future of the municipal marketing beat and how we can bring the technological tools to bear to make it more efficient. And this is an important time. The MSRB is going through an inflection point in thinking about that, and they can make a really, really enduring contribution. Great. Thank you. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or any suggestions for Caroline and for SEMA as we're going through this nominating process and conducting our outreach to potential applicants? I would say Caroline and Seema, they're pros, they get it. But the applicants who are considering putting their hat in the ring, one of the things that I found most important about prospective board members as someone who thought about it, not just from what you can contribute to the overall industry, is authenticity. The board goes through painful efforts trying to really identify folks from various places around the country, different industry perspectives. It is really important that you give a true impression of who you are and what you can bring. And I think authenticity is probably the most important trait that I would encourage any prospective applicant to make sure they embody. Thank you, Gary. I'd like to bring Seema into the conversation now to really build on something Gary raised about the importance of outreach and the importance of reaching out to people in the market who may, as Gary put it, just think of the MSRB as a rule book and not as an organization of people. And I think people is really at the heart of Seema's role at the MSRB because she's the chair of our stakeholder engagement committee and doing a lot of work to support Caroline and the nominating committee in this goal of reaching out to a wider net of individuals in in the hopes of diversifying and really expanding the board applicant pool. So Seema, maybe you can talk a little bit more about your committee's role in this process and your approach. Yeah, thanks, Leah. We definitely, as Caroline and Gary mentioned, our focus this year has been very much to make sure that we have a board that represents the marketplace, the marketplace in all facets. So industry specialties, region, racial, gender, we really want to make sure that we encompass that. So to that end, one of the major projects that we have done through a lot of board and staff effort is to try to expand our outreach of stakeholder groups. Through those groups, we really feel like we can try to get the word out and make more people across the industry aware of the board, of the MSRB, the board process, and hopefully get more applications. So we've really expanded that group. We have a very wide variety of groups now that we're hoping to reach out to that cover regional industry diversity groups, and hopefully that we can spread the word broader now. That's great. And you know, there are so many dimensions of diversity that we've touched on. And I personally am struck by one area of diversity where the board has really succeeded. Seema, can you tell us how many women are on our board? So the board is currently majority women with 11 out of 17 members women. In fact, our last board nominating process resulted in the first all-female class of new board members. So we are majority women now. 
that's, you know, as a, as a woman in public finance myself, that's really impressive. And I can certainly speak to um, just how powerful it is to see representation and to see people who look like you in these positions. It, it really is meaningful. What lessons do you think the board can apply from what's gone well in the area of gender diversity to help improve the board in other areas of diversity and inclusion? So I think Caroline and Gary said it well that we really feel like the message has to get out. There are a lot of people that aren't as aware of the board, what the board does, and certainly the process. So the focus has been on outreach, getting the message out to every aspect of the industry. And I do feel like as we get more of the information out, you're broadening your scope of outreach that we will start to get more people interested applications. Once there is more awareness and more applications, it should naturally result in more diversity across all these spectrums because we have more people that are applying. And then board service is the focus of our conversation today and certainly one of the major ways that people in the industry can really make an impact, as Gary was describing. But certainly there are other ways to engage with the MSRB that we want to highlight as well. Board service is is perhaps the most time commitment and the most extensive interaction that an industry member could have with the MSRB. But what are some of the other opportunities for engagement and participation? So MSRB every year has advisory groups where we are looking for experts and expertise to tap into. So there's lots of opportunities to volunteer your expertise for these advisory groups. So there's definitely opportunities to contribute that expertise and help evaluate issues in the marketplace and certainly facilitate discussions at the board level. So please inquire about advisory groups. We usually send out applications or soliciting for volunteers, but certainly it would be great to hear people that are interested in joining one of these advisory groups. Obviously, also, we have public comment periods to respond. And so we are always eager to hear. And it's very important for industry professionals and people in the marketplace to use that opportunity to respond during public comment periods. And as always, and I think this has been said, and Caroline mentioned this as well, we're always open to feedback. I think staff is very willing to get calls we're always open to taking feedback and talking to marketplace participants. So there's plenty of opportunity to do that. That's right. And you mentioned the public comment process. I'll just raise one in particular that is open for comment right now. The board is seeking input from market participants and other interested stakeholders about what should be on our radar in terms of long-term strategic planning. What are priorities and emerging trends in the market that the board should be aware of to really help guide the organization for the longer term. So we're accepting comments on that process through January 11th of 2021 and certainly look forward to hearing from a variety of perspectives to help inform the board's long-term strategic planning exercise this year. Now, I just want to kind of conclude, Seema, with a question. If someone did call you up and ask to learn more about the application process and what your experience has been on the board, what might you tell them? So I definitely think it's important to learn more about the MSRB. So besides sort of direct involvement that you can do, 
there's a great opportunity to learn a lot about what the MSRB does. The website is chock full of information. The MSRB is very active on social media. There's information coming out all the time through email distributions. So first and foremost, I think it's really important to understand what is out there. What is the MSRB doing? What are they focusing on? There's just a tremendous amount of information to help you understand that. So that's important. And then, you know, there's always people accessible. You've heard from Caroline and Gary, and there's plenty of people that have served on the board or been involved with the board and talking to participants that have been actively involved with MSRB is a great resource. And that's something that I had done as well. And like Gary, I didn't know as much about the board process. So I think we're hoping to have this outreach provide much more information. And at the outset, that Caroline had mentioned that transparency, I think that's the goal for everything that the MSRB does. So there's a lot of information available, and I would definitely recommend using some of those resources to find out more about what's going on and what issues to think through. Thank you, Seema. I think sometimes there's almost too much information. So we've been working on a way to distill some of what we've discussed today about the application process into an infographic visual that we're excited about. So stay tuned for that resource to help as well with really understanding all the information that's out there and how the process works. We're really grateful to Seema and to you, Caroline, for just this tremendous overview of the process. And thank you again to Gary for taking time out of your very busy schedule to share your real passion for service on the MSRB Board of Directors. We are certainly looking forward to seeing many, many applications come in and to going through this process and welcoming the next class of MSRB board members to serve starting in fiscal year 2022, which sounds like a long way away, but is kind of almost upon us. So with that, thank you. And I hope that everyone takes advantage of those resources and the opportunity to get in touch with current and former board members to ask any questions that may still remain about this process. Thank you. Looking for education materials on bond market concepts for your clients or new members of your team? Check out the MSRB Education Center. Here you will find resources for each step in the bond process, from selecting the financing team to post-issuance compliance and everything in between. Visit msrb.org slash education center today. The information provided in this MSRB podcast is intended for educational purposes only and provides a general overview of the subject matter. The content of the podcast is not intended to provide and does not constitute legal, investment, tax, business, or other advice, and is not an MSRB rule or an amendment to or an interpretation to any MSRB rule. Compliance with conduct recommended in the podcast does not mean that a firm or individual has complied fully with obligations under the MSRB rules other self-regulatory rules or laws or regulations. The MSRB podcasts are the sole property of the MSRB. You may access and download the MSRB podcast only for educational, non-commercial use. You may not reproduce them in whole or in part in any form or reference them in any publication without the MSRB's prior written consent. Copyright 2020, the Municipal Securities Rulemaking Board, all rights reserved. Thank you for listening to the MSRB podcast. Thank you.